playing the same little game I'm only hoping to get to see you Looking around as if I had something I had to try When all I want to do is see you I'll say it was chance And ask you to dance And that will start our romance And after all I've been through Just to get close to you I know that you will love me too That's one of my favorite videos we have around here. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well this morning. You guys are a lively crowd this morning. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you for your worship. My name is Todd. For those of you I don't know, I'm the lead pastor. So glad that you are here with us today. And uh, we are in the final uh, message in a series uh, that we have entitled All In. We've been uh, in the last three weeks, and we uh, draw a conclusion today before we start a brand new message series uh, next week. Now, before we dive in today, um, I just wanted to kind of draw your attention to these two cards. We've been passing these out for three weeks, and we have our student pastor and his wife, Todd and Sammy, and they're going to be coming down the aisles, and they're going to pass them out. Um, if you have not received one of these cards, just raise your hand. Um, just raise your hand, put your hand up high. By the way, this is Todd Cooper, everyone, and his wife, Sammy, who just joined us a few weeks ago. We're glad to have them. If you don't have one of these two cards, this is our serve card. It is the yellow card, and then um, this is the lime green card, which is the grow card. So um, I want to put those in your hands this morning. Um, as we've been talking about all in, this message series has uh, been uh, a very practical, hands-on uh, message series on how you and I can truly call this our church home. And uh, there's a huge difference we began in week one, talking about the fact that we can describe our church, the church that we attend, as that church, or we can describe it as our church, or my church, or your church. And I just want to make a distinction here real quick, just kind of make a caveat. Um, I, I want to let you know this, and I, I haven't received any emails, but I anticipate that I might. So I just want to say this. First and foremost, Hilton Head Island Community Church is God's church. And I just want to clarify that. I want to make it clear. This is his place. This isn't my place. This isn't your place. This isn't the elder's place. This is his bride. This is his church. And uh, so I wanted just to make that clear this morning. When I say that, that you claim that this is your church, I hope you know that before that, I mean that this is God's and God's alone. And so I wanted to make that very clear uh, this morning before we dive in. Um, so they're, gonna, they're handing those out, and all of you have gotten those. We'll be kind of referencing those 
uh, at the end. And as we walk through, we'll be referencing those. And then also, um, we have a new bumper sticker that we have today. And uh, this is kind of in celebration. Um, well, we ran out of the first three years of bumper stickers. And so uh, we've reordered and we did this little fun thing. And uh, you guys can get these. We're just asking for a dollar donation. And uh, you can receive those back at guest service after the message is over. That's just a way just to kind of celebrate that. And uh, in light of it being uh, all in, uh, we, uh, we created those. Back in the spring, I really began to ask God to give me clarity and give me wisdom as the lead pastor of Hilton Head Island Community Church on uh, just some things that, uh, that I was missing or maybe not seeing, and he gave me some really clear vision um, on some things. And this message series is a result of that time with him. And it's a result of our time with our leadership, our staff and elders, and now stewardship team, um, just kind of help, helping um, re really uh, galvanize and kind of echo that this really truly is God's vision for our church. Uh, one of the things that I became very aware of is that we have a fantastic mission statement. It's a restating of the Great Commission from Matthew chapter 28. And uh, our mission statement is to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and to lead people to follow him. But one of the things that God showed me uh, over the course of the spring of 2014 is that we really didn't have a strategy. We didn't really define what the environments were here at our church that we would accomplish that vision. And so we began to put in place, and I began to pray about what was the strategy, what was kind of the, the environment that we were going to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and lead people to follow him. Because I believe that this church isn't just a one-day-a-week church. I believe that God's church, his bride, our church, your church, should be a place that is happening all throughout the week. And so it's not just kind of linear, it's not just singular faceted, it's multifaceted. And so uh, I began praying about this, and really we kind of uh, centered around these four different areas, that we worship together, we serve together, we grow together. And I love this, find a church in the United States of America that has play as one of their strategies. You won't, I promise you. And so this is one that's very unique, and some of you might be scratching your head saying, what is this all about. Well, let's walk through these four real quick, quickly as a way of review, and, and then we'll dive into this last one, play. And I'm going to be defining strategy statements, which you have in your worship folder, opposite your notes there. And then I will have what we've learned from those different areas and then uh, real-life application from those areas. First of all, in terms of worship, our strategy statement is that we hold nothing back in our worship of God, our Creator, His Son, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our Comforter. As we meet together corporately and we live our lives individually for him. That was week one. And we talked about what it means to be true worshipers. What it means to be all in characteristics of being all in with God's church. And what we learn from that is, is that um, if we are truly going to be all in with his church, we will make attendance regular. And I know that's easier said than done, even for the Cullen family, isn't it, Cynthia? And so um, we, uh, we, we kind of make church a lot harder uh, than it really needs to be. And um, so I, I encourage you and challenge you to make attending church a regular thing that you do. We talked about unity in the body of believers, and then we talked about giving. We talked about the fact that it, it really isn't just going to be reliant on a small few to give and giving is an act of worship. And so we talked about the fact that we all need to participate in giving a portion back to God. And let me just pause here for a moment and say this. If you've been a part of our church for any length of time, um, you know that um, I've talked about in recent weeks that we've gone through one of the longest 
tightest stretches that we've had. Our giving has been uh, down significantly over the last uh, th uh, four months, really, uh, really began in like May timeframe and really um, has, has suffered. And I want to let you know that your staff and your elders and your leadership have met together and we have lowered our expenses. We have cut even some salary areas we've cut. We have done everything that we can to lower those expenses. You'll be hearing more about that in weeks to come. But we have done a very good job, I believe, of lowering those expenses to kind of meet where we are. Um, and so I want to encourage you, if you call this your church home, if you're all in, I want to encourage you to give back a portion of what God is giving to you. In week two, uh, we talked about serve. And our statement with serve is this. We create margin in our daily lives so that we can serve our family and our friends and our church and neighbors and even complete strangers uh, in whatever way that help is needed. And so we talked about the fact that we, we have to make serving an intentional thing. It just doesn't happen. And we have to make room in our schedule and in our lives to serve each other. And so today, you have this card, and we had a video at the beginning that talked about children's ministry. I tell you what, as a parent, I literally, I've seen that video like three or four times now, and I sat back here, and, and I began to get tears in my eyes thinking about my kids. Um, I have a fifth grader, and I have like 300 weeks left. And you all are a part of that. Those who are working and helping out in Island Kids, and in Ignite, our middle school ministry, and in our student ministry back here and backstage on Sunday nights, each of you who participate in that, you're a part of serving our children, of pointing them to God, of helping galvanize and anchor those beliefs so deeply in their lives. And so there's a variety of different ways, including Island Kids and Ignite and middle school and high school ministry that you can serve in. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have an area that you've checked off over these past few weeks. If you haven't signed up to be a part of some ministry area, you're really not all in. And so I want to encourage you to be all in. That was our application. Last week, we talked about grow. We are intentional in how we grow in our relationship with God by being in community with others, studying the Bible, praying to God, and allowing the Holy Spirit to influence our life choices. And we learn that our spiritual life journey is intended to benefit the church, that Jesus is both the source and the goal of our journey, and that we must be committed to spiritual growth. Today, we're going to be talking about how life is meant to be shared. But I want to let you know that your spiritual life is meant to be shared, and that's where this lime green grow card comes in. I want to encourage you to uh, prayerfully sign up for one of these groups. All the ones that are happening here on our campus, they begin this week. And so I want to encourage you to sign up for one of these growth communities. We have life groups, we have Bible studies, and we have mentoring relationships that we want to hook you up in so that you can share what God is doing in your life with other people in a spiritual community. And so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. You can also go to our new website, HiltonHeadIslandCC.org, and you can also do a search for those groups, and you can find out which one best meets your needs and kind of fits your time and stage of life and so on and so forth. And today, we come to our last category, our last strategy, our last environment, play. And our strategy statement is this. We recognize the importance of connecting with our church family in times where we play together because we were never meant to do the Christian life alone, just like we saw in the video. We were never meant to do the Christian life alone. God created us for each other. 
And not only did he create us to share our spiritual story, but God created us to share our lives with each other. Today we're going to dig in, we're going to find out how we can apply and kind of learn uh, what it means to do our mission to be all in at Hilton Head Island Community Church within the context of this idea of playing together. Now, uh, you have in your notes there several different passages, and today's going to be a bit different because what I'm going to do is we're going to do a, a quick study on four different passages from Scripture, and then I'm going to make general application. Normally, I make specific application. Today's a little bit different. We're going to be taking a look at four different passages, and we're going to be making an overarching application of how this is with our lives. I remember um, when I moved here. Um, Cynthia and I moved here from New York City in 2007. We had previously spent two years in New York, and prior to that, almost a decade in Atlanta. We started off down in South Florida in Miami. And I remember moving here, and I was so excited because when I moved here, my, my memories of Hilton Head Island were when we had come here on vacation or when my youth pastor, who's now Jeff Cranston, the pastor of uh, our, the church that got us started, our partner church, Hilton uh, Low Country Community Church, uh, he would take us down here uh, to do camps and retreats and that kind of thing. And so my memory of Hilton Head was that. And the lens that I viewed Hilton Head through was this lens of being on vacation. And moving here, many of you know there's quite a different lens that you put on when you move here, isn't it? And so you move here and you realize that this community is a lot different than what your perception originally was, isn't it? I mean, it's a lot different. When I moved here, one of the things that I was most surprised, I'm just going to give you some just ideas of what I was surprised with with our, with our community. Um, I was really shocked by the gap that exists between those who are wealthy and those who aren't. That was something that shocked me on Hilton Head Island. I'm going to be talking about a community partner that feeds, in a, in a few minutes, I'm going to be talking about a community partner, get this, I want you to catch this, that feeds 600 families a month on Hilton Head Island. They feed 600 families a month. That means that there are at least 600 families that need to be fed on Hilton Head Island. I had no clue after vacationing here and being on retreat here and enjoying this community that there was a huge gap between those who were wealthy and those who weren't. And as a ministry guy, as a guy who's involved in church, as a, as a man who believes the Bible tells us that the church should play a role in helping in those areas, it broke my heart. But we have a mission. We have something that we can accomplish because Hilton Head was a lot different than I thought. There was another aspect to Hilton Head that I, was a lot different than I thought, and it's this. Um, we, have a, we have a thriving business community, don't we? We have a thriving economy. We have a, a, a thriving uh, financial uh, kind of uh, a culture that exists here that centers around different industries and different uh, businesses, uh, but that was something that surprised me. And yes, we've had some downturns. We have uh, not uh, really, um, we've, we've been affected by the recession of the past few years, um, but God is good and he's brought things back. And we have even, you know, for a retirement resorty type community, we have this incredible business uh, kind of uh, environment and culture that exists. The other thing that surprised me or kind of struck me in moving here is that the residents of Hilton Head Island participate in all the same things that vacationers do. That was something that really surprised me as well. I mean, think about it. When you live here, 
You play a lot of golf. You play a lot of tennis. By the way, I, um, a few weeks ago, um, kind of inferred that only men play golf, and somebody called me on the carpet as I left here to, uh, that day. So I just want to say, ladies, you're included in that as well, okay? But we go out, and we're involved. We play golf. We play tennis. We use the over 100 miles of bike paths and leisure paths that are on Hilton Head Island in the different neighborhoods and plantations and out in the community. We use them just like vacationers do. We use them just like tourists do. And so we participate in those things here in our area. The other thing that struck me was that the weather and the ecosystem and the geography and the climate and the culture that exists here um, is so incredibly unique. And it is so incredibly interesting. I mean, there are so very few people that are originally from here. Have you ever really met somebody who was from Hilton Head? They are few and far between. Everybody comes from somewhere else down here, and our culture is rich. There's a rich heritage here. There's a rich uh, newness of heritage here. It is a very unique and interesting culture. And the thing that I learned about people that live on Hilton Head is they are incredibly, incredibly interested in being out in the community. Whether they're learning about their community, whether they're finding out more about their community, whether they're trying to help their community, or whether they're playing in their community, Hilton Head has so much for those of us who live here. It has so much to offer for those of us who live here. Yet one of the greatest surprises that I had, and this is the point I don't want you to miss, is that as I got to know people, as I began to discover about people, the thing that struck me more than anything else is that this is one of the loneliest places I've ever lived in. It's one of the loneliest places that I've ever lived in. People, for some reason, feel isolated so many times. And there's all of this good, healthy environment that we can live in, but people are so isolated. And as I began to study this idea of isolation and loneliness, I realized this is not just something that exists here. It exists everywhere. It exists everywhere. But it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. You see, we cause this isolation. We cause this loneliness ourselves. We bring it on ourselves. And church, I got to be honest with you, when we dig our heads in the sand, when we as a church just kind of isolate ourselves, we fall into that same cultural pattern that ultimately leads to despair and depression, and it leads to a very unhealthy society and unhealthy community. We, church, can make a difference because I believe that God's word has a lot to say about us experiencing this great place that we live and playing together, enjoying each other's company together. I believe that God wants us to enjoy our time with other believers. And I believe that he wants us to enjoy the fellowship of other believers. Let's take a look at several different passages. I want to take a look, first of all, at our springboard passage for this whole series. It's one of my favorite passages in the New Testament. It's really kind of the, kind of the hinge of the whole church. Jesus has left the disciples. He's gone to heaven. He's died on the cross. He's gone back to heaven to be with God the Father. He came down and spent 40 days in his perfected form, or he was always in his perfected form, but in his heavenly, godly form, and he spoke to his disciples. And then he left again. And then he left the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came down on the church. And shortly after that, we see this. Take a look at Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says this. 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, let's stop for a moment here. What is the very first thing that Luke, who's writing Acts, what does he talk about that they do? They break bread together. You know what I've learned in church over the years? If you want to bring people into a place, you know what you provide for them? Food. You guys said it enthusiastically. I love it. You understand it. The early church understood this same concept, that food was the key to drawing a crowd. Okay, that was what they did. They gathered together. They invited other people, and they met with each other in their homes. We'll talk about that in a moment. We'll come back to that. Verse 43, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who had believed were together, and they had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, and they were distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread, there it is again, breaking bread together in their homes. They received their food. There it is, a third mention of food in six verses, in five verses. That's incredible, isn't it? Okay. Luke understood this. He observed this and he understood it with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see this group, this first group of Christians. They enjoyed each other's company, didn't they? They enjoyed being together. They weren't dragged into a social setting. You see that they did what they could. They did things to initiate meeting together on a regular basis. This group of first Christians loved to spend time together. They loved to spend time together. Take a look at Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. This is a writer of Hebrews that's encouraging and challenging us. It's a verse we looked at in week one, but I want to also apply it to the time that we spend with other Christians and other people outside of the church and outside of our times that we get together for spiritual reasons. Look at verse 24 and 25 of Hebrews 10. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You see, the writer of Hebrews, in, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, understood, understood that we needed to spend time together. That as Christians, that we needed to entertain each other, that we needed to enjoy each other. That there was a social need that we have and a social uh, connection that we can have that can be centered around God and not the things of this world. Look at John 13, 34, and 35. Jesus, a new commandment I give to you, that you, what's that next word? Love one another. It's as simple as that. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. In verse 35, by this, all people will know that you are disciples if you have love for one another. See, the world is going to most be attracted to Christ when we enjoy each other. The world is going to be most attracted to who Jesus is when you and I have public expressions of our enjoyment of the fellowship that we have with each other. And finally, Romans 12, 9 through 16. I'm reading this in the message because I love the way that the message paraphrases. This is not a direct translation, but it is a, um, it's a summation or in um, the author's own words of what it says. Verse 9, let love be genuine or bore what is evil. Hold fast 
to what is good. Love one another. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Be good friends. I'm, I read for the wrong chapter or the wrong uh, translation there. Verse 10, be good friends who love deeply, practicing playing second fiddle. I love that. Verse 11, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflamed. Be alert, servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. And look at this, verse 13. Help needy Christians. Be in atten- in- in- inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Wow. Wow. That's pretty strong right there, isn't it? No cursing under your breath. Verse 15. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. And verse 16, get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. I love that. That's why I use this particular, uh, this particular version. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. I love what Paul says there to the church. Listen, church, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. It is not bad theology. It is not wrong for Christians to enjoy company with other Christians. It is not a bad thing for us as a church to enjoy each other. In fact, I believe that God wants us to do that. And why is that unique to us? Because we have an amazing place to share life together, don't we? I mean, let's face it. What do people say when they they vacation down here and you run into them? I wish I lived there. Man, you live in, what do they normally say? Paradise, exactly. We have this fantastic environment to enjoy each other in. And so often we find ourselves so isolated. Even in the church, we find ourselves isolated, don't we? Well, I think that we can change that. I think that we can turn the world upside down. Let me tell you, the church turned the world upside down. These first Christians, I want to tell you what they did. They did exactly what their forefathers did. They did what the Jewish culture did. Do you know when the Jewish culture began, the day began? The Jewish culture, the day began at sundown. It began when the workday ended. The day began when fathers came home, when children came home from school, and the family would gather around the dinner table. At that moment, The day, the Jewish day, began. And we kind of think of that and we just go, oh, that was their culture. No, 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 that wasn't just their culture. That was an intentional act on the people of God to say that our day is going to begin with community. Do you get it? Do you get it? They said we are going to begin our day with each other. And if you read Jewish history, you'll understand that so many of the people would invite their neighbors over for dinner. You know what they did at dinner? The food wasn't the centerpiece, although we see that Luke in in Acts chapter 2 understood that that was an important part. You know what the centerpiece of that was? It was the discussion. It was the conversation about what God was doing in their life. It was the discussion of what God had done by delivering the Jewish people. It was a celebration of what God was doing. Listen, church, we can be like them. We can be like them. There's a pastor in in Dallas, Texas, Randy Frazee, Pantago Bible Church. He did everything he could to, to 
everything he could to get his church to think of the nighttime around the dinner table with friends and family as the beginning of the day because there's a start to that that makes a difference. Like it's not my work that's the beginning of the day. It's not the morning. Who likes mornings? Well, I kind of do, but most of you don't. Let's face it. They began the day in community. We can turn our world upside down if we're committed to be all in when it comes to play. Take a look at your notes this morning very quickly. Characteristics of being all in, including allowing Hilton Head Island Community Church to be a part of your social network outside regular church gatherings by number one, intentionally building relationships with others at Hilton Head Island Community Church. Listen, we as a staff, we as a leadership team can do so many things to put in place environments where you connect with each other. But it's up to you to take advantage of those. It's up to you to find a group to be a part of. But in addition to that, it's up to you to initiate and to begin developing friendships with other people. Assume for a moment that they won't do it. But assume also that God wants you to be in relationship with other people and you be the one who initiates, intentionally build relationships with other people. Secondly, characteristics of being all in include allowing Hilton Head Island Community Church to be a part of your social network outside regular church gatherings by initiating opportunities to spend time together with others at Hilton Head Island Community Church. We're going to have events we're going to have barbecues. We're going to have evening in December is our next event that we're going to have for us as a church to get together in a social environment. It takes place right here. It's a fun, exciting, enjoyable evening in December. That's literally what it's called, where we um, have uh, Christmas carols, and we, we have a great time in a wonderful, wonderful environment. If you've ever been a part of it, it's a fantastic time to invite your friends. We will provide those opportunities. But it is up to you to initiate those opportunities. It's not just going to happen. You're going to have to be the one to invite other people. You're going to have to be the one to invite someone. You're going to have to be the one to stir it up. And thirdly, characteristics of being all in, including allowing Hilton Head Island Community Church to be a part of your social network outside the regular church gatherings by inviting people at Hilton Head Island Community Church to do life with you. Listen, men and women, when you play golf... Invite someone along. When you go and play tennis, invite someone along. When you are out in the community serving the community, invite someone to be a part of that with you. As you're living your life, be intentional, be the initiator, but invite people to be along. If all you do is, if all you are is intentional, and all, if all you are is the initiator, that is an action. But action is actually inviting someone to be a part of what you're doing in life. God created us to enjoy each other's company, and we should invite others to be a part of that. Just a few suggestions here. Invite people who are part of our church to join you for a meal. Invite them over for dinner. Invite them out to eat. Invite them to where you're going. Food was the centerpiece of the Jewish culture. It was also the centerpiece of the first church culture. And let's face it, it's the centerpiece of our culture. It's part of being human, isn't it? It's part of being human. Invite people for a meal. Invite them to experience 
the beautiful community that we live in. Invite them when you're out and about in the community. Invite them to regular activities that you enjoy. The bottom line this morning is that being all in at Hilton Head Island Community Church means that you're intentional with how you play. How can you make Hilton Head Island Community Church your hub for social interaction? Let's face it, our hubs for social interaction are things like bars, gyms, social networking online, right? That's just the way that it is. It's things that we do in our neighborhoods. It's things that we do at the schools. It's our kids' athletic events. And all of those things intrinsically aren't bad. We make some of those things bad, but they're not bad. Let me tell you this, though. If we set out to make our church the place that we kind of use as our central hub for getting to know people, then we will be encouraged in our faith walk. And we can encourage others in their faith walk. Then we will be in a healthy environment, a better environment than some of those other things for our Christian life. Church is not supposed to be a country club. That's not at all what I'm saying. Church is supposed to be a place where we worship God and that you learn and you study and that you be, you're challenged and convicted and you come away from change. But church can also be the place that you play together with other people. Will you make it the place that you play together with other people? We have an, a, a fantastic opportunity to do this in an amazing place where we live. I want to challenge you. I, I want to encourage you. Invite other people to live life along with you. Here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, we're going to give you multiple opportunities to do that. We're going to give you opportunities to do life together with evening in December and barbecue. And occasionally we'll have baptisms where we'll gather together as a church family. We're going to have those opportunities. We're going to have opportunities for you to grow together. We're going to have men's events and women's events. We're going to have these different opportunities for you to connect and to get to know other people. We're also going to have opportunities for you to serve together. I want to let you know about two things that you can do to serve together with other people. Um, we have partnered uh, with St. Andrew's Soup Kitchen. Uh, a few months back, uh, we did for our serve week, uh, we served down at St. Andrew's soup, soup Kitchen. And one thing turned into another. And beginning this month, at the last Friday of every month, we are going to be serving soup for those who are in need on our island. You see, that's, an, that's a, an example of where play and serve can come together. Are you with me? That's an area where we can together go down and serve, and we can enjoy each other's company, and we can serve at the same time. There's a sign-up sheet in the back uh, there next to guest services where you can sign up to be a part of that. We need about 20 or so people on a regular basis who are part of that, so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. The other opportunity that we're going to give you has to do with uh, what we began in March. In March, we began what we called Maximum Impact. And Maximum Impact was a fundraising campaign to raise uh, $300,000 in two different phases for some work we were going to do on our building. The first phase of Maximum Impact was to do a full renovation on our island kid area, including Ignite, our new preteen ministry. And a few weeks ago, um, we got to announce to you that we have uh, completed that goal. Part A, our goal of $100,000 for our kids' ministry renovation uh, was completed on uh, August the 10th. And uh, so we are very excited about that. We reached it in August 2014. And that is something to rejoice about. That's incredible that in a very short period of time, absolutely. 
God did amazing things, and we were able to reach that goal. And I want to thank you to those who gave in a very short period of time. We were able to reach that goal. Now, the second part of that was another $200,000 to renovate our garage. You may not realize this, but there's a building just uh, maybe about 50 yards that way uh, on the other side of this building, and it's a garage, and uh, it has a bunch of stuff in it right now, which that's what garages are for, right, is to collect your stuff. And uh, that garage, uh, we had this idea to renovate it to make office space for our staff. And we were going to raise $200,000 to do that. Well, over the course of these past few months uh, with uh, Phase B, with that $200,000, we really have only received... Uh, above that $100,000, $61,000 in pledges. And as time has gone on, I, I really began to pray and talk to our leadership about what do we do with this? We're not anywhere near the 200000 goal, um, but you know, I feel like uh, people gave a little bit to that. They definitely gave to our Island Kid renovation and to Ignite. But we began praying about what God would have us do with part B of this this whole maximum impact. And so right now we're at $61,835 for that portion, and uh, we've received $10,513. And so I really began to kind of wonder, what is it that God wants for part B of maximum impact? And so as a leadership team, we've come together and we've kind of heard from God and we've listened to God and we feel like over these past few months that he was saying, you know what, you can figure offices out. And so we've done some things around this campus in this building to figure our office space out. And so we have made the decision that we are going to hold off on building that office space and building that out. Um, But we also felt like that building can be used for other purposes. We just didn't know what it was. And, and so I want to let you know that um, we, uh, we've kind of like set Part B at $170,000. I think you can take a look at that. The, kind of the new Part B goal is $70,000. Uh, and that's really going to be for campus growth, for green space and community partnership. No longer is it going to be for office space. We just felt like that wasn't, it wasn't the right time. God was saying no. We felt like you were saying no. But we do feel like there's some things that we can do to make a big impact. But there was still this quandary of what to do with that garage building. So our pledges right now are at 61000 We've received 10000 So we've got a little ways to go. But I believe that we'll get there before December. We were still wondering what in the world are we supposed to do with this, uh, with this thing with maximum impact, this garage, this building this up that can be used. But what do we do with it? What do we do with it? Well, I want to tell you that God gave us, I believe he gave us the answer this week. I believe God gave us the answer this week. I received an email from uh, one of our church partners, Sandalwood Food Pantry. Dr. Nanette Pearson feeds 600 different families each month through Sandalwood Food Pantry. And they have um, bounced around quite a bit in our community over the past few years. Well, last week they got notice that they have to be out of their food pantry out of their space, their landlord is canceling their lease just suddenly by September 30th. So they literally have weeks, and she kind of put an SOS out. Now, we can't have anything ready, but we felt like as a leadership team, let's look into the possibility of doing this. Let's look into the possibility of Hilton Head Island Community Church being the host for such an incredible ministry. And so I'm excited to tell you today that God held that building, he caused a stir in my heart and our leadership's heart, I believe, to hold off so that we could host a ministry here on campus. 
that feeds people, that meets people's needs. And I believe that that goes right along with our community effort and what God has called us to do in the community. And so we're looking into the possibility of doing that. There's a few logistical things that we have to get worked out, and it's not going to happen right away. They're going to have a temporary solution for a while. But I'm here to tell you today that we are going to prepare that building, not for offices, but we're going to prepare it for community ministry. And we feel like that we can do that with that 70,000. So we're changing maximum impact. The focus of it is no longer offices. It's no longer for internal use. It's going to be to use it for one of our community partners. And I see a day when that area over there, by the way, they open it up on Tuesdays and Fridays for people to come and receive food. I see a day where you and me and our friends here at Hilton Head Island Community Church are with them helping serve the people of our community together. Play and community together. Isn't that exciting? So we're looking into that possibility. If you haven't pledged, you can go to the guest service desk. You can pick up a connection, uh, pledge card. And my goal, my prayer is, is that we bring this campaign to a conclusion by December 31st, 2014. And so our new goal of what we need to receive is just a little bit under $60,000 before the end of the year. And then we are bringing that to a close. So we aren't going to continue with the office thing. God will provide that down the road. We've figured that out. Your staff has made sacrifices. And so we're looking forward to being a part of helping our community. You know, when we connect with each other, church, when we serve together, the world takes note. Francis Schaeffer said this, our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. And he said this, Christian community is the final apologetic. It's the final way that people will see Jesus. So I want to challenge us, church, I want to challenge us if, as we're living our lives together, as we're playing together, as we're serving together, as we're meeting the needs of the community together, let's do that. Let's do it together. Be intentional. Be the initiator. Make sure that you invite people. And as the final question I want to ask you today, is this truly your church home? When you think of the place that you call home. Is Hilton Head Island Community Church that church? Or is it your church? Is this your church home?